Hello, everyone. Welcome to Legacy Church Online. I am so glad that you are taking a moment out of your day just to be here with us online and just hear some word from the Lord today. Thank you again for being with us. Uh, Times are different. Um, It feels a little awkward being in the church here by myself all throughout the week and, and not being here on Sunday and recording to an empty church, but I know you are with us in spirit and uh, I'm counting down the days. I don't know how many days that that is, but I'm counting down the days till we are uh, together once again, high-fiving, hugging, doing all those things that we do at Legacy. And I just can't wait to be with you and your family again here at Legacy. But until then, we're gonna continue in the word, amen? We're gonna continue growing. We're gonna continue worshiping together. If you have your uh, Bible with you today or if you have a phone, uh, be sure you open it up to Matthew chapter 21 today. Uh, This weekend, we're celebrating uh, Palm Sunday, and I just want to share a word with you I believe is kind of a heavenly download for us and and really for our city in this moment that we are in and kind of how this story kind of parallels to where we are living out this really historical moment in not only in our city, but really across this nation and across the globe uh, today and as you turn there, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness and your giving, um, and just uh, we we have just been really been able to do just some amazing things just these last few weeks from feeding families, giving them weeks worth of groceries and just reaching out into our community. And we have another exciting opportunity that you're going to be hearing a lot about just in a few days. But I just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness and your giving. And if you want to give to the mission or the vision of this church, I would love to give you that opportunity. You can give online at LegacyChurchRome.org. Just click on give or Or you can text uh, any amount that you would like to. You can text 84321. And when you text your first time, you may have to set up a couple of things, but it doesn't take long. And I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving because it's really allowing us just to have an impact on our city. And I thank you so much for doing that today. Let's open up our word to, uh, today to Matthew chapter 21 verses uh, 1 through 12. Uh, this is the Palm Sunday story where that kind of comes from. And uh, I'm going to be speaking to you today about Jesus come to my city. Jesus come to my city. And that starts in Matthew chapter 21 and it reads, now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse six, so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them to do. We're talking about Jesus 
Come to my city. I'm going to give you three things today. I'm going to continue going through this passage of scripture and just break down some things that as I was reading this passage this week, God just really began to download in my spirit and I want you to get in yours today. And the first thing that really just stepped out to me as Jesus was coming into the city was that the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them to do. The first thing that I really want you to get in your notes and really just get in your spirit this morning is that if you want God to come to your city, you must practice obedience. Obedience. You must practice obedience. Here it says, so the disciples went and they did as Jesus commanded them to do. See, whenever you really look up the word obedience in a dictionary, you will find that it is a noun. But see, when God is asking for your obedience, he is really looking for you to turn that noun into a verb and really put some action into it to make that command, to make that vision he has for you and spoke to you and gave to you. He really wants you to put that into action. And in James 1 verse 22, it reminds us that God calls us not only to be hearers of the word, but he really wants us to be doers of the word. And that is when the obedience comes in. It is really important for you to understand today that that, um, obedience sometimes can really appear just to be uh, somewhat rude because it really doesn't ask for your opinion. Uh, Obedience really doesn't care what you think or where you're at or what's on your calendar. Sometimes people can uh, really have the, the, uh, the, in their mind that obedience can be just just a little rude. It, It does not care about your personal preference, but how often has God spoke to you? How, how often has God spoken to his church? How often has God entrusted you with a vision or with a dream, a, a word of knowledge or a command? And, and, and we respond to that command with our wishes. You know, can I, well, can I get that in red because that's really not my shade? Or, or can, this, can this wait till next year, God? I know you want me to do it now, but can it wait till next year? How many of you have ever been there? Or God, can I, can I, um, um, could I, do you think I could get this, you know, somewhere uh, on the beach in Hawaii? Who, who would love to be quarantined there right now? But, can, you know, can, can this happen there? Can this happen now? Or can this wait till next year? You know what? God did not give you a word because he wants a debate with you. Amen. God, God did not give you this command because he wants your input. God, God didn't give it so he could have this dialogue with you. No, he gave you that word and that command so that you through him can fulfill it. And when God gives you an order, stop telling him how you feel about it, but just do it. Just, just do it. Kind of be like Nike. Just do it. God is ready for a church to be obedient that whenever he speaks, we don't have to have a vote. We don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to think about it for you. But God is ready for a group of people to put his commands and his words into action. Amen. First Samuel verse 15 or chapter 15, verse 22, it tells us that obedience is actually better than sacrifice. Obedience is better 
than a sacrifice. God sent his son to be your sacrifice so that you would not have to. God sent his son to be your sacrifice so that you would not have to. If we would just be obedient, we would really find ourselves having to sacrifice a lot less. Amen? Do you know that you cannot prosper in disobedience? It's not biblical. When you, you really cannot prosper to your fullest if you are disobedient to the words of God. See, we have, we have lost obedience in the home. We've lost obedience in the workplace. We've, we've lost obedience in respect to people who are higher us in our nation. We've lost obedience. We've even lost obedience in the church. We've lost obedience in the church. And now God is looking for a church that is obedient. God is looking to make his way into a city that... that that can, they can not only hear his word, but can obey his word. His blessings will not dwell in disobedience. And now God is looking for a city that wants to host him. He, that he wants to make a triumphal entry, as the Bible calls this story, into your city, into your home. God even wants to make a, a triumphal uh, entry back into your house, into your marriage, into your family. But one of the first indications Indicators of a city or of a church or of an individual that is ready to host a move of the Spirit is obedience. Obedience. If you want God to make a move into your city, if you want God to make a move in your family or your church, you must be obedient. The Word says that He told them to go and they went just as God told them to do. And it set the path for Him coming into the city. The next passage of Scripture starts in verse 7. And it says, And they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a great multitude spread their clothes on the road, and they cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And listen, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. The second thing I really want you to get today is if you want God to come into your city, you must not only be practicing obedience, but you must also know his identity. Number two, know his identity. The, this passage right here is really where we get the term Palm Sunday as the people are on the streets and they're celebrating Jesus coming into their city. And it's like a time of worship where they are literally cutting the branches off of trees and they're worshiping and they're crying out, Hosanna. And this is really where they begin to identify him as the Savior. When studying the word Hosanna in the Hebrew Bible, you find 
that it means, uh, Hosanna in the Hebrew Bible means help or save, as in like, save me. Many on the streets that day, they did not even realize that as they were calling out Hosanna and welcoming Jesus into their city, that they were really crying out, save me. They were really giving him his identity as he was the savior of the world. Worship is all about identifying God. When you really start to identify him and you know who he is, that is when you really start becoming a person of worship. You, you worship him because you know who he is. You know his identity, which makes your identity even more clear. When you know who he is, because uh, when you know who he is, it makes your identity even more clear. It's so important to know who he is because when you know who he is, it doesn't matter what others say about him. You know who he is, amen? See, when a city gets together, when a city gets together and starts making his identity known, watch out. When a city gets together, when a group of people start to make his identity known, just watch out because something is about to happen. When a city gets together and begins to worship him in spirit and in truth, it grabs the attention of God. See, worshiping and declaring his identity to your city becomes an invitation to God to make a grand entry into this situation, to make a grand entry into your family, to your home, and into your city. When you know the power in his name, how many of you know today that his name still has power? At just the mention of his name, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. See, whenever you know that there's still power in his name, whenever you know that he is Adonai, the Lord, the master, whenever you know that he's El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, when you know that he is Elohim, God of power and might, whenever you get it in your spirit that he's Jehovah Jireh, that he is your provider, whenever you understand his identity, that he is Jehovah Nisi, that he's your banner, that he's your victory. Whenever you understand that he's Jehovah Rapha, that, that, that he is your healer. Whenever you understand that he's Jehovah Shalom, that he's your peace. Whenever you understand that he is El Roy, the God who sees you. And I just want to say to you today, I don't know, it just spoke to me that you may feel like nobody understands you. You may feel like God doesn't even know where you are at. Guess what? His identity says that he sees you. He knows where you are. He's not left you. He has not forsaken you. And whenever you start to understand that he is Yahweh, the Lord, when you start knowing these things and declaring his identity, that is when he begins to move into cities. That's when he begins to move into your situation. That is when he begins to unlock doors that you never thought you would be able to that you would never be able to walk through, amen? Why did Jesus get out of the tomb? Why? Because he knew his identity. He knew that he was sent to be the savior of the world and that the savior of the world did not belong in a tomb, amen? And when you know his identity, no grave can hold you down. No stone can block your future. Do you want God in your city? Do you want God in your home? I don't know about you 
but I want God to flow through the streets of Rome, Georgia. I want a revival in my city and in our church and in our home. Guess what? He, here is the secret. Know and declare his identity everywhere you go and he will meet you there today. He's El Roy on Broad Street. He's Elohim on Turner McCall. Amen. He's Adonai on 2nd Street. He's Jehovah Rapha in West Rome. He's Jehovah Nisi in East Rome. Amen. He's Jehovah Shalom in North Rome. He's Elohim in South Rome. Go ahead and declare it and he will be right there. Amen. Can you just take a moment and thank God? Can you just take a moment and thank him for all of the names and all of his identities that he has that is working on your behalf this morning? Sometimes, guess what? God, sometimes God is like, God is like the Cheers theme song. He, sometimes he just wants to go where everybody knows his name. Amen. They aren't calling on him because, because of what he can do. They're not worshiping him because they just want a blessing. God just wants to be around a group of people. They just want to worship him because they just want to be with him because they know who he is and they know his identity. Amen. Oh God. Come into my city. Can you just declare that today? God, come into my city. God, come into my home today. If you want God to come to your city, you must not only practice obedience, but you must also know his identity. Amen. You must know who he is. And when you start declaring that, he will move into your city. I think it's this next verse, just going in order here, verse 12. It really, I believe, needs to be a revelation to us today. And I believe that it runs so parallel to where we are today, living in this historical moment. Because the next verse in verse 12, it says that, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold the doves. And verse 13, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Number three, I want you to get in your spirit, in your mind, and on your notes today, that if you want God to come into your city, you must not only practice obedience, you must not only know his identity, but it will also take this number three. It takes the church. Hmm. It takes the church. I need somebody at home to help me preach this last message, this last point today. Because notice here that, that the first thing that Jesus does before he can do what he came to do in the city, notice the first thing that he does before he can finish what he came to the city to do, he, was, he went into the temple and he started cleaning house. Wow. The first place he went before he could do what he needed to do in the city was the temple. He went to the church. 
When God is ready to move in the city, he will first start moving in the church. When God is ready to start moving in your city, he will, start, he will first start moving in the church. See, before there is revival in a city, there must be first revival in the church. Can somebody say amen today? Before there is a revival in the church, there must be revival in the leadership of the church. Lord, help me speak this today. Because there must be dead music performances that we call worship. Those things must come back to life in the spirit. Amen. Before God can cause a revival in a city, there must be dried up altars in the church that come back to life. Amen. Before a revival can happen in the city, prayerless sermons must end, Pastor. Because if God is ready to move in a city, he's coming to move in the church first. Can somebody say amen today? See, Jesus came into the temple and started to clean house. He was literally moving things out of the way. He started to turn over tables. He was frustrated with the way that the church was. Hmm. See, what he was doing was he was shifting the church back to the way he created it to be. Wow. He was tired of the main focus Lord, help me preach this today. He was tired of the main focus of the church being about business. Come on, somebody. Instead of him. Somebody just needs to praise the Lord right now. Do a thumbs up or just wave a hallelujah in your house. Because he was tired of the church being about business instead of being about him. He was realigning some things. It's like he was a chiropractor and he was adjusting the spine. He was bringing things back to order. He was reminding that not only the people in the temple, but he was reminding the entire city of the real purpose of the church. Can somebody say amen today? This was all happening. Get this. This was all happening just days before the crucifixion. Wow. This was all happening just days before his resurrection. See, get this. Before there could be a resurrection, there had to be a realignment. Before there could be a resurrection, there had to be a realignment, amen? Are you following me today where I'm going? Do you see the parallel to where we are in our current state today? Do you see the parallel of these scriptures of where we are as a city, as a, as a, as a state, as a nation, as a world? Before there could be a resurrection, Jesus had to come in and realign some things before he could get to what he was called to do. See, the devil intended Jesus' death as a weapon of defeat. The devil has intended this coronavirus as a weapon of defeat, but now God is using it as a season of realignment for the church so that he can resurrect his church. Can somebody say amen? I'm going to say that again. Right now in this season, God is using what the devil meant to harm us. God is using it as a season of realignment for the church so that he can actually resurrect the church so that when this thing is all over, when this virus has passed, churches will be filled with the new harvest. Amen. He's going to resurrect something with greater power than it had before. Amen. Can you come into agreement with me about that? He's going to do something that was even greater than before. 
so that when this thing is over, the church is going to be filled with a harvest. God help me right here because, but, but, but in my time of prayer and preparation, Lord help me, I keep hearing the Spirit say to me that all churches will not see this harvest at the end of this season. Whew. Only those that are coming into a realignment. The message of God, listen to me and listen to my heart today. The message of God is so important to be sharing right now. It is so important. But if the church's biggest concern right now is do we go online or do we have drive-in church? If that is the church's biggest concern right now, you need a realignment. Because now the crisis is not how do we get the message out? But now the crisis that we are in is how do we be the church right now? Can somebody say amen? Just because, Lord help me, just because you are doing church online does not mean that I quote, the church has left the building. Can somebody say amen today? I need an organ today. Just because you are sitting in the parking lot instead of the sanctuary does not mean that the church has left the building. Mm. God is ready to realign the church and the church is not only the bodies that gather together, but God is ready for a church to stop talking about it and start walking this thing out. He's ready to do that. And in this season, he is coming into churches and destroying false idols. He's turning over tables that the church should have never built in the first place. And he is reestablishing the church. The word tells us in Matthew 18, 11, for the son of man has come to save that which was lost. And God is bringing that into the memory of the church today. He didn't come just to save the white people that were lost. Somebody help me preach today. He did not come just to save the African-American population in our city that is lost. Amen? He didn't come just to save the wealthy that was lost, but he came to save that which was lost. He came for whosoever will. And in this season, God is bringing churches into alignment again because the ones that will reap the harvest, they aren't targeting the white community. They aren't just targeting the African-American community. They aren't just targeting the rich, the wealthy, with advanced degrees and the doctors and the law. That, that's not their goal right now. No, no. The ones that will reap the harvest in this season are the churches that are being the church. They're not complaining about do I go online or do we do, do or do we do a drive-in? No, no. They are being the church. And when and in white church, guess what? White church is not even in their vocabulary. Black church is unknown to them. They just want to see God in their city and they just want to see a harvest come forth. That is what they want. The church cannot be mad that the world is not worshiping God when they not, are not even worshiping God. Well, the church 
cannot be mad that the world is not praying to their God when the church isn't even praying to the God. Oh God, come into our city today. Come into our churches. God, we are ready for the realignment. We are ready for the assignment. God, use this season. Use this season today to get us back to the place where you want the church to be. The mass gatherings at the hospitals, they're great. Hear my heart today. Some of our people here at Legacy, they were spearheading those events and it's great and I gave them advice. I prayed on the radio during the moment. It's great, keep it up. We need to keep doing that as a city. But listen to my heart today. The mass gatherings are great, but if the church, if they're only praying in public, if the church can only worship in public, God needs to realign us. Mm. If you, can just, if you can just drive somewhere and pray because everybody's there, God is ready to realign you. Hear my heart today. If we can only worship in public because it's an event, God needs to realign the church today because because guess what? It's what happens in private that brings the power in the public, amen? It's what happens in your prayer closet. It's what happens when nobody is there that will bring the power in the public. If you want authority in public, if the church is ready to have authority in the public, authority of God in our city, we better start seeking him in private. Well, before revival can break forth in your city, it must first take place in the church. Wow. And right now, in this hour, God is preparing the church for a great awakening. And I don't know about you, but my church isn't going to miss it. My family is not going to miss it. My church is not going to miss out on the opportunity. Just go ahead and declare that. Say, my church is not missing out. No matter where you go to church at today, just declare it over your church. My church isn't missing this opportunity, but we're going to come into alignment with what the church should be right now. No tradition is going to keep me from missing out on this. No man-made law is going to keep me from missing out on this. God, this, this, this Palm Sunday weekend, God, I'm crying out, God, come to our city. Make your way into our city. May we practice obedience. May we know your identity. And God, come into the church. Turn over some tables. Realign us. And come and use us to escort you into our city. Get this, the gate into which God will come into your city will be the church. 
the gate into which God will come into your city will be the church. Psalm 24, 7 and 8 says, Lift up your head, O ye gates. Lift up your head, church. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And it says, and the king of glory will come in. Wow. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your head, church. Know your purpose. God is ready to come into Rome, Georgia. God is ready to come into your city. But he's just looking for a people that's obedient. He's looking for a group of people that know who he is. They know his identity. And he's ready for the church to be the church. Can you just thank God with me today? God, we thank you today. God, that some find this annoying and some people find this season such a bad season and it's, it's, it's really hard to see the positive right now, God. But in this moment, as I, as I begin to see the scripture unfold, I realize, God, that you are using this for your glory and you are realigning us in this moment because there is a harvest that is waiting to come to churches that are not concerned about online or drive-in, that they're ready to be the church. They're not just using it as a cliche, but they are literally walking this thing out. God, let us be obedient to your word. God, let us be obedient to your commands. God, today, let us remember your identity. God, as we travel around our streets, let us declare your name over Broad Street. God, let us declare your name over Turner McCall. God, let us go down 2nd Avenue and just begin speaking it today. God, everywhere we go, let us be people who are declaring your identity, that you are the healer, that you are our deliverer, that you do see us, that you are with us. God, let us not forget who you are in this moment. And God, let us be the church. Rearrange us. Break things off that, that we've been holding on to. I declare right now that there's a harvest coming. You may be listening from a different church, but you need to be ready because if you're being the church, the harvest that is coming, they will not look like the people in your church right now. Can somebody thank God? If you're really about the Father's business right now, God is about to send you a harvest and they do not look like the other people sitting on your pew. They will not look like the other people on, 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 on the church board. They will not look like the other teachers. God is sending a harvest that is desperate. They will not look like you. I pray God right now, interrupts the white church. I pray God right now, interrupt the black church. God, shake us all up, God. When we come out of this thing, God, may, 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 may pastors look across their congregation and it looks like a picture of heaven from all different tribes of all different generations, oh God. Use us. Come into this city. I thank you. I love you today. Amen. And amen. If this word has touched you today, 
I would love for you just to reach out to us. Send us a text at 706-233-1056. Let us know what God is doing in your life. And if you're listening or watching for the first time today, be sure to text us at 706-233-1056. Just, just, just include your name and say, guest. We just want to know that you're watching today. We just want to say hello to you. I pray you have a great week. We look forward to worshiping with you and giving you the word next week. God bless.